It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're blocking all the Ant-Man keywords. Get them out mm-hmm. of your feeds, wherever you are. You don't want anything else from this day, Sunday, Monday, whatever day you're listening to this forward, because you are going to get spoiled. Yeah. Difficult for those uh, those uh, people that are just into ants in mm-hmm. general. You know, those yeah. ant influencers. Like, yeah. ooh, hope you don't like ants and Ant-Man. You're going to have a mm-hmm. hard time. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you like wasps even, right? Like, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I never even thought about, like, is people that are really into, like, spiders in general, like, on social media, do they just get tons of Spider-Man content? And they're just mm-hmm. like, come on. I hate comic book movies. Yeah. I'm just about the spiders. <laughs> one, one, one out of every eight is just a Spider-Man. Like, damn it, they got mm-hmm. me again. Um, Star Wars uses the Force for more visions. This was the worst play on words. I, 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 I looked at this three times and I said, yeah, we're just going to go with it because that's what it's going to be. Um, really what you're all here for, the DC Universe is finally revealed to us mm-hmm. in uh, phase one in all of its glory, right? Um, not the full 10 years, but we're going to take a look at this, talk it over, the repercussions and more. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Good luck to everyone out there who lives in the United States and out on, like, the East Coast. And even, like, Texas, I heard. There's, like, ice out there. Mm-hmm. On top of all that, there was a Chinese spy balloon floating over mm-hmm. our country. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, I sometimes I think it would just be, like, wild to look at the United States from an outside perspective. I know we got a couple listeners outside of the country. So I always try to think of uh, listening to the podcast through your lens. And it's just like, oh, yeah, there's, like, a Chinese spy balloon floating over the United States right now and everyone's freaking out and at least but, me on the inside of the country I just thought it was fun and entertaining well I, <laughs> like I did I didn't like I just didn't care about the implications of like the geopolitical stuff I was just like oh this is fun there's a balloon and we're talking about shooting it down it was just it felt like early internet you know well here's here's my take on it um well I I do think hyperbole is fun and exciting if it was really a Chinese spy balloon I don't think it would have been that it would have taken them like three days to take it out of the air. And like, I don't think we as people would have known about this. So, um, I, I do, I do enjoy a little hyperbole. It's really fun. I, you know, we were talking about, you know, you play Pokemon go, the team rocket balloons are what I'm worried about. Is it team rocket up there? <laughs> it could be, they have a meowth and everything. So, uh, it, it's just one of those deals, but yeah. And it was, I think the, the, the best part about it all is, um, like this was like, it was a big balloon. I'm not saying this was like a Mylar, uh, party store balloon, right? It was big. So it's just like, oh, we want to shoot it down. I just never assumed that they were going to use like a freaking fighter jet mm-hmm. and shoot a missile at it, which was hilarious. It just seems like, it seems like a, an efficient way to do it. Right. You know, you got fighter jets, you got missiles, you might as well, uh, bring them out of the garage mm-hmm. but i just kept thinking like do they just bring somebody out there with like a helicopter and maybe they just poke it with a stick that would have been oh, yeah. just as funny no they, but, they got yeah. wily coyote he's got his goggles <laughs> on he's got his big needle he's gonna poke it and it's gonna blow him away uh, the other direction. yeah i 
I, I just love that, like, also in, like, the modern day of militarization, like, I haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet, so I don't know if they kind of roll out, like, a, a new scenario in which we need fighter jets, but I feel like you don't often hear about fighter jets actually getting, like, used, used mm. in the news. Like, there's no such thing as, like, really dogfights anymore, I feel like. It's more like, oh, let's fly our fighter jets nearby this country to make them nervous. So it's like some fighter pilot woke up this morning, honey... I finally get to fire a missile today. Mm. Oh, uh, what are you going to do? I'm shooting a balloon. <laughs> I, I don't think it's, I think I think they probably all of them got in there. They all drew straws. Uh, oh, my God. The short straw that, gets to do it. They're all very yeah. excited about this. <laughs> or is it like an embarrassing thing to do? It's just like, oh, give it to the the rookie. You know, we mm. can we don't we don't wake up for balloons. We yeah. wake up for like real, yeah. real enemies. So I, I will tell you, having seen Top Gun Maverick, it is very much a lot like um you know the, the part of Star Wars A New Hope where they're doing the trench run, right? Mm-hmm. Take that part of the movie only, and that's all of, like, Top Gun Maverick, and it's fantastic. It's actually really fun to do that. So Yeah, I've heard I've heard good things about Top Gun mm-hmm. Maverick. Still haven't watched it yet, uh-huh. but I do feel like in Hollywood, they always have to find ways to justify the fighter jet in yeah. modern age. Because, like, back in the 80s, it was like, oh, hell yeah, everything's fighter jets. They, we haven't invented the drone yeah. yet, so you actually had to put a people, yeah. people in yeah. airplanes. Yeah. And- and, and I think I think you know you, you make a great point, and, and Maverick does a good job explaining why they can't use drones in that situation. So yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think it's I think it's great. Um, let's let's. Uh, I was I was trying to kick you off to Harrison Ford because you've been watching Harrison Ford, uh, who is making a resurgence in, in TV shows now, right? Movies. He's doing uh, you know Indiana Jones. He's going to be joining the MCU. He's got a show on Apple TV, right? Like he, what's up he, with this? He's also he's also in one of those like Yellowstone spinoffs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, with Dame Helen Mirren, is that what, or is it Dame Judy, Judy Dench? Is what you call? Uh, but, I don't know. Uh, I, I get them confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 with Helen Mirren, so you at least got that part right. So whether she, <laughs> whether she's uh, recognized or not, I, I could not tell you. Um, but I, I think that's more of a documentary of just Harrison Ford on a, on a regular basis. Right? <laughs> you know, maybe he wanted to fly up there and take the balloon out. I know he's an avid. Uh, oh my flyer. gosh, that would be awesome. Let's tap our celebrities <laughs> to shoot down spy. Fly balloons. <laughs> That's right. Uh, for that, but yes, I was I was kicking you off for a Harrison Ford thing uh, to talk about his uh, show on Apple TV. You, you've yeah, uh, you've you've been watching here this week. Yeah, brand new show on Apple TV called Shrinking, um, starring um, Jason Siegel, who you might know from How I Met Your Mother or Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, alongside of Harrison Ford. And I really went into the show not knowing anything. I know it was from the creative team who uh, makes Ted Lasso. Uh-huh. So um, it, it, it was nice to see that Apple now has like another kind of like feel good show in its roster, right? You know, after the end of every episode of like Ted Lasso, you're usually like. Uh, feeling uplifted in some way and shrinking kind of has that same like chemical DNA in the show. It's about um, uh, three therapists that kind of like run a practice and just them going through their own shit in their own lives and helping other people. And it's just, it's just funny. It's uplifting. And Harrison Ford, of course, is playing like a gravelly, like old, just like rah, 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 uh, type of guy. And then his uh, coworkers are always trying to like uh, get into his life and cheer him up and support him and everything. So it's great. It, the The show really focuses more on Jason Siegel, but kind of as you progress through the episodes, there's only three 
out right now, you start to learn more about the other mm. characters in the show. So I'd, I'd give it a shot. Shrinking. It's just a good feel good show. I love Jason Siegel too. It's been a while since I've really kind of seen him in anything outside of How I Met Your Mother and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You know, he he dots other movies occasionally. And I think he had like a, a series, like more of like a premium series on like uh, Amazon Prime or like an AMC Plus or something. But I, I never saw, I was never exposed to it. So it's just nice seeing Jason... Um, Siegel again, but <clears throat> that's something Chris hasn't seen yet. Shrinking, and another oh, yeah. thing yeah, yeah. Chris it. hasn't la, seen la, yet la, 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 la. is episode three of The Last of Us. I was shocked to learn just mere moments ago yeah. Chris has not watched this episode yet. You know, and he, I believe him. I believe his excuses that he's been busy and not be able to watch it yet. It is a, it is a bit of it a is, longer episode that it, you need to do yeah. a little bit more time for. As I, as I, as I told Mike, this is a ninety-minute episode, and I. I, I want to give the show my full attention. It deserves the full mm-hmm. attention and, and to to the the care and the, the the greatness into this. So I'm very much trying to find 90 minutes in my day where I can sit down and watch this. Now, um, my wife is watching it with me, so I can't watch it by myself. So it's one of those things like we have to find some time between when she goes to bed and I get home uh, <laughs> to do this. And you know, we only have like literally I think maybe three hours, but in that window, you know, to make dinner and, and, and decompress and all that stuff. So we're yeah, and plus there's another episode of The Last of Us tonight. Tonight episode one. So now, they, they do get shorter. <laughs> I, I they the next couple episodes are like under an hour or like fifty minutes and then like sixty minutes. So I'm like, okay, I will be watching this. My goal is to watch it today. We are recording a little earlier than usual, but um you know next next week we, it will probably be, you know, in the middle of the week because next week is the Super Bowl, uh, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, um, it just uh, my goal is to it watch just, it. It just felt weird recording today's episode just without bringing it up at all because I gave Chris like a PSA a moment ago and I feel like I could give it to any listeners out there who haven't quite watched episode three yet of like, it was great watching it. Obviously, it's a great episode and the internet all agrees and we've all been talking about it on the internet for like the past week, but I almost felt like it's like artificially inflated the hype of the episode, which is like the episode's great, you know, solid like 10 out of 10, like great hour and a half of television, but I almost like am worried for Chris now that it's been like so hyped up he'll watch it and be like wait a minute this was it but it's still good so it's Mm -hmm. almost like lower your expectations just a tad it's still great obviously no complaints but like that's what the internet can do sometimes right the the internet is a hype hype is a hyperbolic machine that will take anything that's great and try to turn it into like god tier level thing like a, like a balloon like, floating over the united states <laughs> yes, exactly. Balloon. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> exactly when that kind of stuff doesn't exist so that that's sometimes can be like the unintended consequences of the internet hype machine right is like sometimes things can get just like way overblown uh, pun intended if we're talking about a balloon mm-hmm. so uh, but chris you were right though a couple weeks ago you were just like yeah we probably won't be talking about the last of us every single week but we'll We'll chime in, yeah. you know, when things start to get intense, and I think at the end of the it, season, of course, we'll do like a wrap up. Yeah, yeah, and I, like I said, it's not. I'm not. I'm not falling off the wagon. I'm. I'm not disinterested. It is literally just an hour and a half episode. On the third episode, I'm like, oh god, mm-hmm. like I need to. I want to make sure. I, you know, again, when I watch something, I try to put. I put the phone down. I'm not playing games. I'm not distracted. All the lights are, you know, you know, they're not. My computer's not over here blinking and and, and dinging with notifications. So I'm trying to give it the due respect it deserves and it's just hard to to find an hour and a half on on a on a week uh for this because again we don't have this really in our notes but the super bowl is next weekend uh right um next next sunday and we are my wife and i are, are hosting a super bowl party uh locally here so we are um we did not know this until literally during this week so we are uh, scrambling to you know prep our home and and make sure you know we we get all this stuff because you don't want to be 
next Saturday buying your Super Bowl snack foods, right? Like that oh, is God, no, the, that is your, the worst the, thing to do. Your snack aisle is going to be decimated. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're trying to like you know we've already made one grocery run today. We might have to make another one later tonight or like a. A, a, a one on a Monday evening to make sure we have everything. So we're, we're working through that, but yeah, absolutely. My goal is to watch it. And, uh, you know, I've seen, uh, you know, um, again, I've, I've maintained spoiler free on this episode. So I'm excited to watch it and see what it is, but uh, yes. And then you, you've, you've, um, you've, you've actually maintained your Netflix subscription um, uh, for a while here, which is something else we'll talk about in a little bit. And, and you were watching another a new show on there. Is it a show or a movie? I, I thought it was it's, a movie. It's, it's a movie called You People uh, yeah. on Netflix. Uh, it's uh, directed by Kenya Barris and written uh, by him as well, along with Jonah Hill, who yeah. stars in it. So uh, this one was pretty funny. We weren't uh, anticipating to um, really enjoy it as much as we did. We just kind of like threw it, up, threw it on up on the TV when we were doing other stuff. But it's just about uh, Jonah Hill, uh, mm-hmm. who is uh, portrayed as uh, Jewish in this film. And I think he is in real life, but it's part of his character in the movie as he falls in love and gets engaged with, uh, um, with a black woman. So it's all about, you know, the differences of like, you know, culture clash and trying to come together, and, which is not necessarily a movie that's never been made before but right. uh it was a pleasant surprise to uh see eddie murphy in it he plays the, yeah. the father I've of seen the bride some, i've seen some clips of this right and and you know i think one of them like uh i believe he's in a barber shop and he's like you guys you know and he's like yo we're, you guys don't do weird things here right in the barber shop and he's like what do you mean so yeah, it, look, <laughs> it looks funny from the from the clips i've seen but i did not i didn't know eddie murphy was, i've seen all the jonah hill stuff right mm-hmm. uh, as, as a I guess a love. It's like a, it's more like a romantic comedy. Movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a rom com for sure. But just like I said earlier. Uh, with Jason Siegel, the same goes for Eddie Murphy in a way of like Eddie Murphy has also still been out there in Hollywood, you know, making movies and TV shows. But I just haven't gotten around to watching them. I know Dolomite is supposed to be great, and that's also on Netflix. And I haven't gotten around to it yet. But so it was just great to watch Eddie Murphy again. It's like two uh, actors I really love this week that I just haven't I haven't participated in their in their line of work in a while. So mm-hmm. uh, I think this will make me kind of uh, go back and uh, indulge mm-hmm. in some more Eddie Murphy well, that I've missed in a while. You so. know, that sounds great. Is there any way I could borrow your Netflix login mm-hmm. so I could watch oh, uh, this movie? Oh, Chris. Uh, uh, you can, but you're going to have to fly to my home address and connect to my oh, Wi-Fi no. every 30 days, apparently. Well, I think there's also a way you have, you can do this, but you have like every seven days you have to re-authenticate like with a code or whatever. Um, is something else I saw. So like yeah. everyone knows Netflix is getting rid of password sharing. Um, it's causing an uproar, but you know, as we've t- talked about, we, we, we don't support these multi-billion dollar industries, right? Um, Netflix mm-hmm. is, is making plenty of money uh, um, upwards, but it's funny that people think they're going to lose revenue because they're getting rid of the freeloaders. Uh, <laughs> no one's canceling the subscription. You're just literally making other people have to buy if they want to yeah. watch Netflix. It's like, I'm almost just like an observer kind of just watching people in general freak out but uh i just i just have to say like um like i i feel like i don't want to anger like a beehive right but i just want to say like i just stop being broken away <laughs> like I, I i know like netflix is not getting any cheaper right but i'm i'm just saying like either don't have it and don't complain or like have it and complain it's almost mm. just like how can you complain about something that you're not paying for i think is the thing that kind of makes me the most annoyed yeah. in a way right and another thing too it's like and also i don't get give netflix the benefit of the doubt right they have like an infamous tweet out 
out there that was from years ago that says love is sharing your password. So it's just right. like they had it coming to them, right? Yeah. They totally opened themselves up for all this criticism. Well, but you can't – but like even though like Netflix – might be becoming anti-password sharing. All of these streaming services across the board do all types of shady stuff to inflate their numbers, right? Yeah. That's all they want. Like, you know, revenue is like a secondary thing for a streaming service. The first thing that they want to do is impress the shareholders and the investors, and then they worry about making revenue later. It's the same reason why, like, you know, Disney Plus and HBO Max will, like, bolt on, like, a quote-unquote free subscription to, like, any cell phone plan out there or any mm -hmm. random thing you do out in the world will get you a, you know, a... Um, a free uh, I, I have, subscription because I have three they, <laughs> HBO Max subscriptions right now, Mike. I am three of their numbers. Yes, which is hilarious, and they want that. They want to take those numbers so when they do their quarterly earnings, they can say, "Hey, we have X number of subscribers." Isn't that amazing? So I feel like this is kind of a Netflix way to mm. do it as well. You could say like, "Oh, yeah. like look at all these people like logging and look at all these hours watched, even though yeah. only X number of people are actually paying for those hours so, watched." So it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was, it was going to happen eventually the, right netflix is running out of people to sign up to their service well the thing is you know it, it's 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 starting to come back on all these services that came around in 2010 right netflix uber um you know uh airbnb they they were they were the darlings you know 10 15 years ago when they started right they were fighting the system becoming something different and then now they've become the problem <laughs> and everyone's kind of turning against them. So I think, I think it's, it's well, well earned that, you know, I, I've never, I've not been a Netflix subscriber in years. Like definitely, I, I don't know, five plus years, you know, we've, as long as we've been on the show almost. Um, but you know, Airbnbs, I, I don't enjoy either. You know, Uber pricing is worse than taxis in some places. So it's just funny that, you know, when the market finally catches up and reacts, like everyone's like, upset of these people because you know like netflix they were like well we we lost all our stuff because everyone created their own streaming service right so now we've got to raise prices or well they raise prices and, and get rid of the free subscribers so we can make some money back and hopefully hopefully it, if i was still looking on the good side mike they can take this money and invest it in shows that last beyond two seasons um you know <laughs> yes they've got please. they've got good umbrella academy has been good on there stranger things you know is is something good on there what what else is Bing. I mean, there's some good stuff on Netflix. I, I can't fault it for the first that. But. Yeah, I think it was about a week ago. Nielsen, Nielsen revealed their uh, like top 15 or maybe top 20 of uh, last yeah. year. And uh, for series, Netflix had like 13 or like 12 out of those 15 top shows. Yeah. So Netflix is absolutely dominating the streaming series. And then uh, surprisingly, you kind of thought maybe it would go the same way for films. But no, Disney Plus yeah. like rocked the like the top 15 uh, yeah. films watched on streaming. Yeah, and I'm saying I'm like a Squid Game Wednesday. Those are all Netflix darlings, right? Like, so mm -hmm. I mean, there is good stuff over there and there's reason to, you know, have a subscription or watch it. But like it's it's really it's it's funny to watch and, and you know like not to put yeah but freeloaders be upset they're losing yeah. access to this I, I guess to to summarize similar to like similar to when it comes to politics if you don't vote you can't complain yeah. if you're not paying for Netflix I don't want to hear you complain about Netflix yeah, yeah exactly and honestly uh, again I think I think you know if you want it the value the value is is there but 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk. To you. So tomorrow, Mike, is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania's red carpet premiere out in Hollywood. I believe there was one in Australia already, but I've not seen anything from this. Now, when red carpets hit, that means a lot more people, um, more than just reviewers, are starting to watch this movie. You're going to get initial tweet reactions, and you're going to get possibly in-credit spoilers for these movies. So uh, yeah, this is I was, the time uh, to get those keywords blocked. Yeah, I was scrolling through one of my feeds, and luckily this uh, this content creator put up a spoiler warning, but he was just like, oh, I just got a, um, a poster mailed to me that wasn't supposed to be sent out yet for Ant-Man Quantumania, and he said there was like a spoiler on the poster, so I was like, oh, swipe, scroll, I don't need to see this, so yeah, spoilers come in all forms, and I, yeah, I should probably be blocking those things here soon. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's a that's a great idea. I did see, you know, I think in the the one of the producers at Marvel Studios, it might have been for Ant Man. I don't I don't know. It's talking about how they're also ch- at Disney changing the way they do. Um, I guess review, like I guess uh, test screenings for for um, employees there. Um, you can no longer bring friends. You can only only if you like work there. You can you can only go watch the shows uh, or I guess mm. the test screenings because they're like, yeah, we're having a little too many leaks going on with movies <laughs> lately. And I was like, oh, that, that's fair, I guess, you know, people, people sign this stuff, but they, if you don't work there, you don't really have any consequences at the end of the day. It sounds like, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, also, did you see that the book that Ant-Man has been reading to look out for the little guy is an actual real book and is releasing this fall? Like, oh, I, th- I think I saw like some sort of like promo video of like Paul Rudd holding a book. And I was like, no, I'm on like a, I'm on like an Ant-Man, you know, media detox right now. So I'm guessing that's yeah. what that was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's nothing to do with, um, so in the, in the, I guess movie he's, he's become like a little bit of a celebrity. He wrote a book. Um, and someone has actually, I, we don't know who has written this book, probably not Paul Rudd, but someone has written this book and it will be published this fall, uh, like September or something. So you can buy this real, this real book for Ant-Man's autobiography. That's actually in the movie. Um, this is like almost on par with the Hawkeye show, probably doing like a real Avengers, the musical, like if they brought that <laughs> to like Broadway, it'd be well, like, yes, it'd be on par with that. Well, I mean, is this the logical, um, like media, uh, evolution? Cause w- the last time we checked in with, uh, Scott Lang kind of through, um, another movie, wasn't he doing a podcast, right? <laughs> when, uh, with, uh, was it Miss Marvel? That he has his own podcast. So was- now he's turning that podcast into a book, right? Yeah. Was he? I don't remember. This is I think it was like it was it was like a background gag or something oh, okay. that he had like his own podcast or or he himself was being interviewed on another person's okay. podcast. It was yeah. something like that. Okay, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, it's 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 funny. Uh, out of the, the, the two books Marvel has announced they're publishing this month, uh, this is probably the only one I'm like, yeah, I could I could take a look at this. I'd, I'd buy this and put it on the shelf or or whatever coffee table. I think it'd be funny to to have that little thing there. But we don't know anything about the authors yet. We'll report that later. Uh, in other Marvel character news, uh, surprising. I shared this with you like right away, Mike. This was blew my mind. Hit Monkey got renewed for season two at Hulu. Um, <laughs> Wild. Now, now the same returning cast is, is coming. Um, uh, Jason Sudeikis is uh, voice of one. Of the, I guess the assassin ghost is with him. I think Olivia Wilde's in it. Uh, but this show has dropped the Marvel branding, so it's not Marvel's Hit Monkey. It's just Hit Monkey. Um, as it moves into season two, I guess to maybe shake itself of the, uh, I guess, Marvel television branding that it originally had as well. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm checking, I haven't done any really any deep dives on the first season, but it looks like it's sitting at about a 7.8 on IMDb, which, mm-hmm. you know, you, if you adjust for, you know, the IMDb inflation, if you will, that's a pretty good rating for an animated series. So 
Yeah, it must have been doing so well enough on Hulu that even the people in charge were just like, yeah, let's keep it going. Let's just remove it from, you know, the Marvel kind of cinematic landscape. I'm just impressed. Like, I would have thought, like, no matter how good this was, right, they would have canned it. Exactly. I guess it just goes to show maybe they were like, you know, this is a character we have no intention of ever using or referencing ever. So, you know... Um, if you want to do it, go. I also think, and, and, and you tell me what you think, they already created two seasons because um, animation tends to double down on their seasons, right, when they do it. And now, that actually, Noah, I will endorse, Not, I wouldn't even call that like a conspiracy theory. Yeah. I would endorse that theory, and I was going to almost go totally like over the hill and say like, oh, maybe somebody has dirt on somebody at the studio, and they were able yeah. to like convince them the greenlit like a second season because it's just so this this decision is so outside of the the current marvel playbook mm. right now right yeah. but yeah no i think you might be right maybe there's just you know there's content sitting there it's practically done yeah. and if we just take this little branding name off of it we can just and, put another slot on hulu right and i, I just double checked here it is 84 percent on rotten tomatoes as well so oh um, i mean that's good yeah i mean i guess maybe if you have low hopes it, it's going to come through for you uh, so um, yeah, a season two coming to Hulu. It says coming soon. Well, so I could literally, when they said coming soon, that made me think that like, maybe they've just been sitting on another 10 episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. And like, we just got to, you know, polish them up, get them done, shoot them over to Hulu and, and, and get it out of the way. So really, and, and honestly, I don't see hit monkey becoming a character in the MCU anytime soon. So, um, absolutely fine. Fine with that. I'm not surprised the other shows got canceled at the end of the day. Uh, shifting over all uh, to Disney Plus, Star Wars Visions, the um, I guess anthology series done by different uh, anime studios for Star Wars that came out mm-hmm. last year, maybe maybe two years ago. I don't know. I didn't watch beyond the first episode. Uh, if I'm going to be completely honest, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a little rough. Not as it didn't live up to the hopes that I hope it would have. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff was fun, but overall, I was like, eh, this eh. is fine. Yeah. Uh, season two is coming to Disney Plus on May fourth. Yeah, May the fourth be with you. Um, and this will highlight a different animation studios from around the world. So I pulled it up here. The only you're, this is where I think you you your knowledge might go to hand. The only one I know of is Ardman, which is known yes. for uh, Wallace and Gromit. Uh, yes, I'm excited for this. Some sort of like stop motiony vibe of Star Wars. I would tune in for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there's a new um, uh, Wallace and Gromit movie was announced recently. So you know they're out there, they're out there working yeah. on it, but. Yeah. yeah, it looks like Studio Murr is returning, and I believe they're the ones that did the... Did they do the short with the twins, I want to say? I'm not 100% sure, but I think Murr is a returning studio, so there could be a chance that there's a continuation of maybe one of the stories from Season 1. Um, but yeah, we, we weren't big Visions fans overall, which is a bit of a bummer, but who know, maybe, maybe Season yeah. 2 will will turn it around? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at their... Um... There's stuff on on, uh, not Instagram, on Wikipedia right now, and I don't see Star Wars in here. Huh. Um, but that doesn't mean you know they didn't help with something. But they, they do a lot of the the Warner Brothers animated movies, right? Like the Batman um, and Superman movies, the Mortal Kombat uh, movies they've been doing over there. Uh, they they're actually work on they're the main animation studio for Harley Quinn on season three coming up so mm, great um yeah n- nothing wrong with that but like yeah I think some of it's good some of it's you know I just it just didn't click with us but that doesn't mean you can't go over there and enjoy it when they come out to main force so that I think that's fantastic we did get the um was it the studio uh, Ghibli short with Grogu uh, mm-hmm. a couple months ago uh, I figured that that was, I thought that was like maybe they were gonna save that for a season 
you know, two of of uh, visions, but they they did drop that, and I've seen that out in the wild. They've actually turned that into toy figures and stuff like that you can buy. Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah, good good for them. All right, let's jump into the meat of the show. We are we are twenty seven minutes in. Let's get into the meat here. The DC universe. We were joking on Monday. Uh, James Gunn only has twenty four hours left to give us some information, <laughs> or you know, he lied. Even I think I sent you congressmen were like, you know, we we demand James Gunn <laughs> gives us stuff, or we're gonna bring him in for questioning. Oh yeah, there's like one dude in Congress who's like, uh, who has like comic book nerd. I think he's down here in in uh, Long Beach, actually, not too far from me. But he like puts like comic book nerd in his yeah. Twitter profile, so good for him. He got his clicks. Yeah, he did. He, he did, and James Gunn responded even right. You know, like as you <laughs> told him not to do, he he's responding out to these politicians. So, um, less than twenty four hours earlier, I believe this was on Tuesday, right? Um, the the thirty first. Um, uh, he he, James Gunn um put out a video on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you were, to announce the phase one of the DC universe, and it is uh currently called gods and monsters uh so that's a that's a fun little title for their face one right mm-hmm. I, I think i think that's good he's got a theme to it kind of going on here but i will tell you um before we get into this his announcement ruffled some executives feathers over at warner brothers Ooh, uh, tell me more um because he literally just said the previous uh team running this fucked up and you know, they didn't do a good <laughs> job and um but he also went on to say you know, like he and um, Peter Safran um, actually report directly to David Zaslav. So these executives, no matter how mad they are at him, can't even like do anything because they're lower on the totem pole than him at this point. Yeah, in, in there. So it, it is it is pretty wild. Yeah, if you think about how far up uh, Safran and Gunn are on the chain, because if you go right to Zavlov, above him, it's just kind of like the board, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> There's not a whole lot going on there. So yeah, they can kind of you know swing their D's around. Yeah. You know if they if they want. I experienced this their announcement DCs, kind of if in, you will. <laughs> I experienced this announcement in kind of two different ways. The first one was just, um, I think it, you sent me the, just like the, the slate just the, the as, picture, as like yeah. a, like as a list. Right. So I was experiencing it scrolling through, like going like, okay, I know what some of this is. Right. But I, it took me until like the end of the uh, end of the day to actually watch the video from yeah. gun. And I, I would say watching the video from gun is probably the way to experience the announcement. Yeah. It's not like there was like tons of fanfare and fireworks and like lots of like flashy motion graphics on the screen right but it was just nice hearing it come from him you know hearing the one of the people in charge speaking from like a tone of excitement got me a lot more hyped right because like out of context it's just like okay these are just like projects right but kind of you know hearing the fanfare from the man himself which it's obvious right it seems like gun is going to be the point man of this you know Uh, i'm sure peter saffron could have been in this video if he wanted he could have taken half the dialogue half of the announcements right but there seems he, to be a calculated decision to make gun the yeah, front man and, of this universe and peter saffron's always been a producer right he's, he's always been behind the scenes on everything so he, mm-hmm. he is he is doing something he's running stuff we just don't know what it is and, and usually when a producer is doing things and you don't know what he's doing that's a, that's a sign he's doing a good job right like he's he's making sure things get done and he's not trying to make it his way or the highway at the end of it so so good for him. Yeah, I've, we, we've linked the YouTube uh, link to, to that announcement here if you want to see it. Literally, it's just James Gunn as a talking head and then occasionally some images. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's very, very low 
I, it's not low quality, but it's very simple. It's very basic, and that's what he needed to do. I think to, to get it done. But they, mm-hmm. they, they literally came. It came in like noon Eastern on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever the last day of the month was. And everyone's like, okay, awesome. But let's go ahead. We're gonna split this up. There, there. Are, I guess three or four different ways to look at this, Mike. And the first one we're gonna talk about is the movie slate, right? For for the DC uh, universe going forward. And the one that we knew the most about. Uh, is that there was a Superman movie coming, right? And it's going to be called mm-hmm. Superman Legacy, and it has a release date of July 1st, 2025. So we are looking at an entire 2024 without any DC movies uh, hitting the theaters at all. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the, the full slate here as we go through the bullet points, but as most people are, are kind of starting to define, uh, the Superman movie will kind of be the quote-unquote real kickoff of the DCU, mm-hmm. and I think actually even Gunn says something yeah. to that effect in the video. Like, we'll have, like, you know, streaming titles and other things that'll ladder up right to this uh, new universe that he's creating, but apparently this Superman movie, kind of not a wholly unlike Man of Steel was trying to kick off mm-hmm. uh, the DCEU. It, it all starts with Superman. And man, I am so curious, right? What a Superman gun movie looks like. Like, is gun going to be able to dial back the humor, right? Is this, is that what Superman needs, maybe, you know, to lighten mm-hmm. it up to make it feel more like hope? But like, Superman's kind of like a, like, almost like a stoic Boy Scout in a way, right? So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not trying to pigeonhole Gunn into one thing, but, you know, I feel like the last the couple things that we've seen from Gunn have been kind of, you know, similar in tone. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm curious if he's going to, like, what angle he's going to approach and, this at. And it's a singular character, right? Most of his stuff are ensemble films. Uh, and the mm-hmm. way he, he's saying that, you know, this is a younger Superman. He's working as a news reporter. You know, he's not, you know, very well seasoned in the world, but there are existing superheroes and there will be more, um, you know, superheroes and villains arising. So, you know, how will he handle a, a lone, solitary character, if you will? Because everything else, he's usually handling teams of characters mm-hmm. throughout everything. So I think that's that's the biggest, you know, question for me. Um, the Hollywood Reporter is also saying that Gunn is likely to direct this movie as well. Like, he will write it in and direct it, um, you know, for that. Because I, I don't remember when his contract as the DC CEO is up. That's like two years, right? So was it two years? That we, I think maybe does that sound right to you? I don't, yeah, remember. I don't remember. He he might not be, you know, a co CEO by this point. You know, he he's getting started. They're they're following what they they play. So he might not be the co CEO and could direct this. You know, and, and get it out in time uh, for that. But um, yeah, I th- I think you know that just means to me, you know, July first, twenty twenty five. We are a little you know year, a little less than year two two and a half years away. Um, right? Yeah, one two. Um there's probably going to be some announcements on casting and like some other, you know, other things kind of that need to come to light as they kind of move forward with this, this slate. Um, Cause it sounds like they're going to be sticking to it pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. And I believe gun did clarify, you know, out there. And I think these words are important um, that uh, Henry Cavill was not fired from the role. Mm. He was never hired from the role. Yeah. Right. You know, I feel like the, him returning in the post credit scene to black Adam, like, didn't help anything right but that yeah. was before you know these two were in charge right so um that was just kind of like a no. uh, random uh, free radical that was flying out there in the world mm-hmm. so it was um yeah i mean you could argue whether or not and we have on the show uh what uh 
you know, what end of the stick Henry Cavill got when it came to the DCU, but like it's over that it, yeah. it's the past. They, it, it's been very clear that they are trying to uh, move forward, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. We have some announcements of maybe some care, other characters sticking around. So yeah, I, well, I think the ball is still proverbially a little in the air. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say anything's definitely written in stone yet, but we'll, 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 we'll see kind of going forward here. But let's jump into the next one. I think this is a very interesting part here because this is uh, going to be a movie called The Brave and the Bold. And if you remember from, I believe, the early 2000s, uh, maybe late 90s, there was an animated series called Batman, The Brave and the Bold, uh, if mm-hmm. you will. And this show and this movie will actually focus on Batman and his son, Damian Wayne, uh, who goes on to become Robin in the comic books. But he was raised as a little assassin. Uh, and uh, so... This is very interesting because Damian Wayne has, you know, been around in the comics for for a long, not not forever, but like a long time and become a, a popular character. So how are they going to handle this Batman and his son dynamic, right? Um, a lot of people are like, oh, what age is if this is in the same universe? How old is this Batman, um, right? Is he, mm-hmm. you know, he he could be thirty, you know, right? Because um, he meets Damian when Damian's ten years old. So, you know, to me, you know, he could be you know thirty and have a have a ten year old kid. You know, it could be pushing 40. So, like, we don't know where this Batman is going to come in at. Um, but it seems to be very, you know, from what I understand, like, you know, a, 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 this duo here of Batman and Damian Wayne uh, the whole, the whole yeah. way through. I mean, it's a, it's a new dynamic for sure than what we've seen in other Batman movie. Like the only time we've really gotten to see like a Robin in, in earnest was with um, Batman – Forever, forever, and Batman right. and Robin. Yeah, it was the same. Yeah, Batman and Robin. Chris O'Donnell, and they were, yeah. yeah, and they were. You know, they were. It was goofy a takes, right? Year old <laughs> dude playing like a like a sixteen year old kid, uh, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So it seems like we might be taking a a, a more serious approach, possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, with a with a Robin character and a different type of Robin, right? You know, uh, if you were to kind of just pull like the general population that you know knows of Batman but doesn't really know anything outside of like the films, right? Some people might not know that Batman ever had a son and became a Robin. So I think that'll be a fun, exciting, fresh and, story for a broad population that usually goes to see Batman movies. And what's cool about Damien is that you know again he was raised literally by assassins. Um, his his, mm-hmm. his mother's Talia Al Ghul, who we you know. Ray Shuggle, right from from the other comic books uh he he is not averse to killing right and so like Batman's whole thing is like don't kill so you're trying to you know teach you know your the son you didn't know you had in your uh you know uh, I guess image like hey you know don't kill but he's like all he's known is killing his whole life as an assassin I just looked it up he's actually been around since 1987 so you know um kind of kind of kicked off a little bit, you know, more recently, but that that's good to know the characterized history in the comic books as well. So Brave and the Bold, our Batman movie, um from from James Gunn of the DC Universe. Next uh, we're gonna get to the, another a weird one here called a movie called The Authority. And um the image accompanying this reminded me a lot of like the Marvel Ultimates uh right cover, right? Where like you have a bunch of characters that look familiar but they're not the familiar versions of what you know. Uh, and I did a little, little looking and the authority is like, obviously superpower people who want to change the world as they see it. Now, this doesn't seem to be a Justice League, right? This isn't characters we know. These are very, very obscure-powered characters. And I believe they even came from another universe. I think the, maybe it's the Malibu-verse that DC acquired in, like, the 90s, um, 80s or 90s, and brought them over to DC. So, 
Yeah. As someone who doesn't, I, I don't think you would have heard of these characters at all, Mike. What, what do you think of this? Well, no, I mean, and, and the way kind of Gunn described them in his announcement was a team of superheroes that will they'll do anything, right? They almost seem a little bit more renegade to kind of, uh, you know, protect the world and in, in their vision. And it was interesting because I hadn't really thought about this angle from DC, right? Because they've been such failure to launch when it comes to their broader universe for so long now that I just keep forgetting that like, oh, Marvel has been taking these obscure heroes from comic books and turning them into franchises for like over a decade now, right? They're kind of really good at doing it. So I guess like a gun was just like, why, why can't we do that? Why can't we take a team that only like real comic book nerds know about and turn them into something? And that's what I feel like this is. Now, you could probably argue who's more niche, the Authority or Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Um, I would say Guardians of the Galaxy was more well-known um, before they got turned into a movie franchise just because I, the characters were a little bit more iconic so like you know you got a little raccoon and you got a tree man whereas the authority uh from like a visual standpoint are just kind of they're just all human dudes or like dudes you know in 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 the broad in the broad term right uh so but yeah i think this is kind of exciting right you know give me an obscure dc character and make me love them you know when (laughs) they're having a hard time just getting very well-known characters you know like hawkman or the flash you know to to get onto the screen so i hope it works out for gun this is a bit a bit of a swing but obviously it's not impossible to do it because we've seen marvel do it definitely in his wheelhouse right you know, this is this is akin to Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad, but people with actual like um, powers, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. And and you know, kind of looking at them, you know, there's 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 tons, you know, dozens of characters they can pull from. And I was wrong; it wasn't Malibu; it was Wildstorm um, Universe, and it was written by uh, created by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. Brian Hitch, I think, did draw the Ultimates, and that's why it reminded me of the same thing. But looking at these characters, I'm like, they have uh, someone called. Um, the, the Jenny Sparks, the spirit of the 21st century, like that, that's right. and Apollo, the sun god, and Midnighter, and the Doctor. I'm like, well, these all sound like second-rate characters of like Avengers or, you know, DC characters. So I, I'm interested to see kind of how they pull them together. And it's going to be, I think, again, a quirky movie, if you will, at the end of it. But I'm glad they all do have, you know, abilities. Uh, moving on to Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. They're really leaning into these Kryptonians, Mike. This is this Krypton stuff is. <laughs> Well, Supergirl. Uh, so this one, as J- James Gunn described it, is not you know the standard Supergirl we see. This is Superman's cousin um, who didn't land on Earth, but she had to live on like a part of blown up Krypton and like watch people you know around her die, and it was like survival of the fittest kind of thing. Um, so she didn't come to Earth and land you know uh, later and and you know grow up as a younger version of Superman's cousin. This sounds like one who's like gonna be a little more traumatized, if you will, at, at the core of it, like growing up on on a blown up planet if you will. So mm-hmm. I don't know much else about this one. This one this is like, kind of like, I, I'm hoping to learn more. This is be a great opportunity to introduce Brainiac into the, the DCU. We've never really got Brainiac on the, the big screen proper. So I think it'd be a great opportunity yeah. for that. Well, this could be a good, a good point to, um, to highlight all of the comic books 
for a lot of these movies that were announced are all at the top of the yeah. charts on uh, Amazon right now. There, a lot of them are is, sold out too. Like that was the crazy part. Yeah, exactly. So people are hyped. They're looking out there to do their research. Um, this is an exciting time for the comic book creators that have kind of created these properties. And I wouldn't say they've been languishing, right? But it's kind of fun to have a new spotlight on their work, mm-hmm. right? So if you're at your local comic book shop, I'm sure that they've set up a special like point yeah. of sale table, right? For all of these announcements. So yeah, go check out some of those. Yeah. yeah. And as Supergirl, uh, the woman of tomorrow book it was based on is actually relatively new. It came out, it was published in 2022. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you may be able to get some, you know, issues to that as well rather than the whole trade and lastly the last movie he did announce was swamp thing um we all know who swamp thing is he didn't really give us a lot of swamp thing but one of the images they showed was like like was like a hundred different swamp things together like like a collage of swamp people if you will yeah i yeah i think the maybe the only other kind of tidbit they gave was like swamp thing was going to be connected to this universe but maybe not in a much of a direct way as some of the other things. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is uh, going to be a bit of a, a bit of an offshoot, maybe to develop a different side of the DC. Yeah. What do we, where are we, DCU, it's DCEU? DC, it's, it's, no, the ECU's dead. It's just DCU at this point. So DCU, DC, okay. Yeah, DC the universe DCU. is what they've been calling it. So yeah, Swamp Thing, we've, we've, Swamp Thing's been around for years. There's been movies. There was a TV show on the CW for a while, right? Like, um, Everybody knows Swamp Thing, but you know I'm interested to see how they, they tie a version in, into this. Let's jump into the TV series now. He did also say you know there will be synergy between the t- movies and the in the the this I say TV series or streaming series, whatever you want. Uh, and these will vary a little bit, Mike, because you know we have a mix of live action and animated movies in here. And uh, the first one uh, is you know I think we have the most information on is actually a show called Waller. And uh, it's not one of those southern things you say whenever you're rolling in the dirt. You're not wallowing around. You're following oh, Amanda Waller. Uh, and this will be a live action show. And apparently it takes places between seasons one and two of Peacemaker. But Peacemaker was not on this list, by the way. I don't know if you, you caught that. And uh, in, a, in an interview later, they were like, yeah, we don't really have time for season two of Peacemaker right now. So it sounds like they are, you know, that might be taking a backseat a little bit while they build out some other stuff. See, this is... This is just kind of writing on the wall and probably a bit of uh, something we've talked about before when we've been cautioned about James Gunn being so heavily involved. It's like you can't kind of do both of these jobs unless you clone yourself, right? You either got to be like a high-level mastermind producer, right, that is, you know, pulling the strings and webs for all of these movies and TV shows, right? Um, or you're the creative that's actually making it. I feel like it's going to be tough for him to do both. Now, if you, if I was gun and was given all of this control, right. And you know, Oh, I finally get to make my dreams come true of, you know, maybe making a Superman movie, something maybe I've dreamed my entire life to do. Yeah, go ahead and do it. But you know, Mm -hmm. maybe check that box and like, maybe let all the other filmmakers do everything else. I don't know. I'm just worried about him getting stretched thin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, well, I don't know. I don't think he's he's not writing Waller. Somebody else is. Um, we'll, we'll talk about what the other things, right? But like, you're right. He is, at what point do you burn out and, and does the quality suffer, right, of everything? As well as, again, putting yourself in everything. I, I think Peacemaker Season 2 would be, you know, a high priority, right? I think that's something that mm-hmm. they can carry over pretty quickly. It had a lot of um, staying power, a lot of star power even, right? You know, John Cena and everybody involved. It was a great show. 
um, you know, I, I don't absolutely think it's the best show, but it's still a great show. It's fun to watch entertaining. But, like, you know, the fact that they're pushing up a live-action version of just Amanda Waller, uh, that she was only in... She's, like, the only connecting thread from the DCEU that's left, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and they want to make a whole show around her. I... I it needs a really good. It needs a really good pull to to be that good. So I don't know what it is yet, but they are they are going a hundred percent in by having her uh, have her own show at the, at, you know, at the end of this. You know, Viola Davis is great. I think she's 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 mean. She's menacing. She's essentially the Nick Fury of the DC universe. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see more Peacemaker, but it sounds like they're they're going to do this first before that. Maybe maybe they'll bring her more into Peacemaker season two if they they do this first then. Yeah, um, rather than just be a, like literally what they do, have her on the screen the whole time, like on a phone for most of the show. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Now the other thing, uh, I guess the first one they announced was uh, an animated show. Uh, I believe this will be like maybe the first thing that comes out of the DC universe, and it's called Creature Commandos, and mm-hmm. uh, it's an animated show written by James Gunn. This is another project he has written for this. Uh, I mean, leave some jobs for the rest of the people out. Sure. <laughs> yeah, he. I, I do like also how he announced it too. He just kind of like very quickly said, "Oh, we got a we got this animated show called Creature Commandos. I've written all of the episodes and blah blah blah." Just like okay, just throwing that out there mm-hmm. that you can just like crank out like you know what eight scripts in a weekend or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and um, so this this show um, animation looks fine. Um, I, I looked it up a little bit. It's kind of like. Looks like Suicide Squad, but with like more like a Frankenstein and like a like a, a Bride of Frank, like not necessarily the Universal monsters, but like just different types of creatures along the way. Even one of them looks like the uh, the the fish dude from from Hellboy, right? So yeah, there's like a um, uh, was it uh, creature command? Com- yeah, sorry, I'm looking it up real quick because the the image that came out from it yeah. was more of like a like a press image right yeah i'm checking it out now oh yeah because we got the uh weasel returning yep. um as um uh, sean gun right yep. we got a robot frankenstein woman a frankenstein man uh a skeleton on fire like you said an aqua person and then is this human dude yep. just rick flag yep. again yeah, pretty much <laughs> it, it, yeah the, the, that guy i looked it up there's just a regular human dude who is just part of this you know squad um right um mm-hmm. Uh, who's like I guess like you said the Rick the Rick flag of this and the robot dude I thought was like the robot from Doom Patrol um, mm-hmm. for a second I'm like oh is that is that the the robot from Doom Patrol it does not look like it to me I I couldn't really nail down who these specific characters were um, there are some in there that they don't have really generic names so I'd be interested to see you know what they kind of pull out of this but this is like one of their first I guess forays into this um, the animation yeah. style looks a little bit it reminds me of Invincible a little bit if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, yeah, I, I dig the art style. Uh, the fun thing about the animated show is that they said the voice actors are going to like cross over mm-hmm. into the real live action and then back and forth. So I think that's pretty cool. Like we've seen that a little bit with Marvel and What If. But only one way, right? Only live action to like animated. Yep. This is going to be kind of like they're going to be uh, embracing the the animation side of it and making something wholly original, and then spinning those characters off. So I think that's that's kind of cool. It's almost like introducing a character, um, like 
like in a comic book or something, well, right? And yeah, then it becomes well, live action. CW did that with some of their like little uh, CW seed shows, right? They had, Oh, like, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. They did that. some seed episodes and they brought them into the thing. Now, I will tell you that that announcement along with TV series and video games is getting a lot of negative feedback in, in the industry. Um, because they're like, how are you going to pay big name actors to do hundreds and hundreds of takes? Um, you know, you're not, he, example, he's like, you're not getting Robert Pattinson to come to a voice studio and do voice an animated show, right? Like you don't have that money. You don't have the, that, that person's not trained for this, but based on, again, this being the animated show, looking at this, there's only one human in this, right? Everybody else seems to be, you know, could be makeup or, or CGI the whole way, a la Weasel. So Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that'd be great for the, the animated people to come and voice the um, the live action versions as well, as long as they had that in mind ahead of time, right? And, and they're not just yeah. voicing over somebody else. I mean, yeah, and also like I I do get like the the nuance there of like you know different professions, different professionals being able to handle different types of roles, right? Yeah. Totally understand that, right? But I feel like one big push that the animation community and uh, Guillermo del Toro has also when he was on his Pinocchio press run saying that animation is not a genre animation is just a filmmaking medium and it should be respected and treated like that. Well, I feel like if you want to make that argument, you also can't make these arguments that like only like animation voice actors can do animated voices, right? Because then now you're starting to make the argument that maybe animation is more of a genre and only certain actors can do anything. I think it just goes all, I think it's just all specific to the actor in general, right? I think there's a lot of great voice actors out there that I just don't think could do live action performances very well. And the same way you could say like, mm-hmm. there's great live action performers that couldn't do voices. And I, I would say there's lots of crossover in the middle and we put, shouldn't be like shoehorning and pigeonholing mm-hmm. different people in there. So well, if, I don't know. If, I, if that's the case, then they need to standardize the pay across both of them. That's all I'm going to say. Like if you want to treat them the same, the industries have to view them the same, I think is, mm-hmm. is what it's going to come down to because well, yeah, that that's really what the, the point of this. I don't think it's the talent. I think it's like, if you're going to pay an actor millions of dollars to do a voice role as well, then the people who do voice roles need to be brought up to that level. I guess. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine, though, a lot of the payment with these big name actors are probably going to get obfuscated with like big overall deals, right? They're going to bring like on a big name actor and it's just like, oh, we're going to pay you X amount to lock you into like X many movies and X number of animated TV shows. And this is just going to be the overall kind of like price that we pay you. So mm-hmm. probably the amount of money that they get paid to do like an animation voice acting will probably will never yeah. really be able to determine it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they they figure it out because it is you know it, it does need to be again level playing field for everybody over there across that. Um, moving on, Booster Gold. Uh, everyone's wanted a Booster Gold movie forever, right? And the only time they ever introduced Booster Gold live action, I'm pretty sure, was in what was that show, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, in like the final mm-hmm. season, and they canceled canceled it before they even got to use the character. <laughs> um, so um, this is great. They said he's a time traveling person with imposter syndrome, and I do believe he will probably tie into Blue Beetle, right? Because it's always been you know the comic book team was Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, right? Forever, they've always been synonymous with each other in the comic book. So uh, if they can you know use the Blue Beetle movie and kind of tie into this, I think that, I think it'd be fantastic uh, mm-hmm. going going forward. But other than that, I don't. I don't have much else on this guy other than like I said, he's a time traveling person who has literally made himself sound better than what he really is. Uh, because you know, he's, he's a faker the whole time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Lanterns. This is probably my favorite show. Um, the Green Lantern show has been uh, that was on HBO Max has been um, confirmed to be retooled into a show called Lanterns, focusing on both Hal Jordan and John Stewart, the the two I guess most primary Green Lanterns, if you will. And they discover a secret on Earth that um, it's like I guess horrible, and they need to figure out how to solve it. So yeah, and I th- and I think they kind of allude to that the secret is supposed to like ladder up to this yes. overall threat that's supposed to be um you know threatening like, the DCU at large yeah yeah and um, it, so that that means like I, my guess is they're probably going to be on earth another planet but most of it will probably be set on earth is kind of what i got what is it is it the anti life equation that's going to be burned into the ground is that what it's going to be yes uh, the, the lanterns production story has been like wild right at one Mm -hmm. point in time we had two lantern shows like in like like development right there was going to be one from like berlanti and then there's going to be one from like what was it jj abrams or something like that and then we were trying to figure out with how they would connect if they would at all and then there was like a movie floating around so it's it i feel i feel better now that at least we've kind of we've settled on this is the lantern thing this is it this is the one green lantern it's all all the focus is going to go on it right here so i appreciate now we have some clarity yeah and um you know using the two characters that we we know right like other like the show that we're working on was like didn't have hal jordan or john stewart like hey we picked guy gardner and alan taylor like the original green like no one knows who those are like why would you why would you do that you want everyone wants to see hal jordan so i'm glad they're actually going to bring this to fruition i think that's that's the important part for that now i do say you know if you watch the video you're going to see art there's a hal jordan kind of a sketch he's got you know his hair and beard uh looks more like a, a grizzled one but the other one is john stewart has a yellow glow to him and we all know yellow lanterns are are different and i was looking at the you know, kind of close up here the ring on his hand matches the yellow lantern ring which is actually the quote i guess enemies of the green lantern so mm-hmm. I, i'm interested to see kind of how they pull this apart you know is it you know um another you know do they bury the yellow lantern on earth again kind of thing from from ryan Reynolds' movie so we got um that that's a big it's a big question mark along the way and then lastly uh is a show called paradise lost which is essentially a continuation of it sounds like Wonder Woman lore, right? Um, an island called Paradise, uh, Paradise Island, um, which is you know, you know from the the time tied into Themyscira, and he's kind of pushing that as a Game of Thrones style show. Which yeah, and it, it's supposed to be like a prequel, so I would imagine this is going to be so far back in time where we're i almost feel like they haven't made really a decision yet about you know uh wonder woman or some of these other actors and characters at large right so like let's do this prequel right of the mascara and we don't have to worry about any of that yet (laughs) we'll just see kind of how some of the legalese and the contracts and like the public perception kind of works but um i I mean I, i would be interested in learning more about paradise island and i'm pretty sure at one point patty jenkins was working on a prequel for wonder woman yeah right? like a show set yeah. in this so this could be the retooling of that even a little bit right like hey we've got some scripts can we can we make this work in the, into this story that's going to tie yeah. so i wouldn't be surprised at all if that's that's the case so we'll we'll keep you guys posted and that's I, I think that's a live action i think all but creature commandos were live action was confirmed so um We'll, we'll keep you posted if that, that changes. So that's our TV series. Now we're going to get into the wild stuff here called Else, <laughs> Elseworlds, DC's Elseworlds. So um, Gunn confirmed that the Batman sequel uh, will get is still going, though. It's coming out 2025. Mm. The Joker, Foley Adu, is 
coming out, and you know, and these are going to be labeled DC Elseworlds because they are not tied to the DC universe at large, and they can stand on their own. Um, cool, right? I guess that's that's the big two, because those I think are already in production. Um, yeah, I mean, along like, the way, but there's some more here. I but feel... I think that, that those everyone's just kind of like, why do you have two Batman's? Why is this Joker not even in your Batman movie? Right? He's yeah. somewhere else. I feel I just feel bad for Matt Reeves overall, right? I mean, I feel he's a great filmmaker. I really liked his uh, first outing with uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman, right? And you know, in a perfect world, right, this could have been incorporated in some sort of broader universe, right? Because I just I love the movies, but now I feel like even though. I think trilogy he's right can still exist and it's great when they can stand on their own. You can just have like one nice little box set on your shelf, right? Of something that you can just watch. Uh, it is unfortunate, right? You can almost see the writing on the wall, right? Where maybe it's like Matt Reeves third installment of Batman, or maybe it's already happening in the sequel where maybe there's a character he really wanted to use. And all of a sudden it's like trying to adapt Batman on the CW back in the day, right? Like, no, you can't use that character. You can't use this character. We're using it in the DCU at broader. We don't want to confuse the audience. So I'm a little worried that he has like maybe these grander ideas for his Batman movie. And he's not going to be able to use these things Mm -hmm. because, you know, the guys on top, Saffron and Gunn are just like, you know, we love you. We love these movies, but like, you know you can't put Damian Wayne in your Batman movie because we're making a whole movie about the guy over here. It's mm-hmm. just going to be way too confusing. So I think that's a bit of a bummer that Matt Reeves kind of just inked this deal for Batman just unfortunately a little too soon, right? So I, I, I don't know. Like What is the perfect scenario now for Robert Pattinson as Batman? Is it just they just try to do a a Nolan style trilogy again, you know, well, just they, make some good movies, make some good that. money and walk away. To, to me, this is more of a, I, I think of a James Bond situation, if you will. Um, I, I don't think they're going to tell him no, if he's got a good idea. I think, I think it, again, I think, I think your example is never going to come right. They're never going to use Damian Wayne in a, in a Robert hey, Pattinson you don't, one. I mean, you don't know, you don't know I, I don't, that there could, they could be, be a possibility. I, I, I just don't, I just don't see it. But like, I, I think they're not going to tell him no, if he has a good idea at, at all. And I think they probably worked with him well before they were like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do this, um, to, to, to make sure there's, there's no crossover or, or, or confusion. I think he's going to be fine. Um, so I, I think it's fine. I just, at, at some point, you know, it is fine to have else. It's fine to have really good stories that, that can sit on their own. Um, but, you know, it, it goes against what they're trying to say they're doing, right? Like, we're trying to make one cohesive story. But, uh, hey, here's, you know, two movies. The Harley Quinn show, animated, still uh, is still going to go on in existence in world. Teen Titans Go, animated show, still going to go in this world. I don't think those are going to affect anything. But I thought it was... I just thought it was so funny how he went out of his way to say Teen Titans Go exists in Elseworld, as yeah. in we all thought the Teen Titans Go show would what? somehow ladder up to this universe. So, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate the clarification, but right. no one was expecting it for Teen a- Titans a- Absolutely. Go. Uh, and, yeah, the, he, had, he really had to go. So I think, you know, for these, it's fine. These might be the only... I think they're going to find these are going to be the only two exceptions and I don't think they're going to let anything else fly. Right. I'm like, yeah, they're like, Hey, these are, these have made all this a lot of money. They, the, the people involved are very invested. They're, they're great people. Right. Um, what is that? Um, what's his name? Todd Phillips doing the Joker, right? Great guy. Mm-hmm. Great ideas. We're going to let these go on, let them do their own thing. But like at the same time, we, you know, the, I, I do like you, I, I agree with you. 
there's an end for these right after three movies yeah. probably my, my my two suggestions here are a little counterintuitive uh but one i would love for somebody over at the studio to make a really fl- fancy like a uh, splash motion graphic that says like Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. So when we're about to engage in content from Elseworlds, we get like a cool little logo up top, just like how they made that whole like you know the special DC presentation movie for one. Yeah, like make one for Elseworlds. I think that would be cool. That would kind of like set the tone, and you know you'd be putting more of a official stake in the ground to let the yeah. audience know. But also a little counterintuitive in the sense, like I totally agree. Everything in Elseworlds has a half life to it, right? This yeah. is just like. This is almost more of a way to say like, oh, Elseworlds is a easier term, whereas in real life, this is just like it, lingering contracts world, right? Yeah. If, if they'd announced something new for this, I'd have been like, yeah, that's great. You know, they're going to embrace both sides of it. The, the singular story and some really awesome standalone stories, but they didn't announce anything new. They were like, hey, we know what you want to know about your existing stuff. And and so here, here are the confirmed Elseworlds content. Um I think this ties into our next topic here for DC, and that's the legacy. I'm going to call it the legacy projects, right? These aren't really Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. These are things that are currently going on that, that people are, are curious about. Shazam, uh, Gunman, I was waiting to say, kind of hasn't touched the DCEU, kind of exists in its own world, so it's going to keep going. Um, also, Peter Safran is a producer on this movie franchise, so Yeah, obviously. but we I, it, it doesn't sound like we've been given any sort of official statement of the future of Shazam, if this could possibly exist in the DCU at any uh, point in time. I, I think his tone was, yes, this this will exist, but we're probably going to watch the box office returns as well, like, to make sure, you know, it, uh, okay. it gets some money back. Like, if, 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 it, if it bombs completely, well, we don't need to make a three. But um, yeah. this, isn't, <laughs> Except, this can... isn't The Rock. This isn't Black Adam, who we <laughs> definitely are not bringing into this. Yeah. Um, for that. The Flash, um, he says, it's one of the best movies he's ever seen. And it will reset many, but not all things in the DC universe. So it sounds like they are really using that as a uh, kickoff point to change some stuff going forward, right? Like, yep. absolutely. That's why, uh, that's why you hire nerds to mm-hmm. control this comic book universe, because we have been screaming at the microphones for years on this podcast of just use the Flash. Use yep. the one big story point he has yep. in all of his comic books to fix everything. So, um, yeah, I think there's also – there's been like a restatement too that, you know – Ezra Miller seems to be holding up their end of the bargain mm-hmm. when it comes to playing nice. So I, I'm sure they're just they're still being very, um, mm-hmm. very cautious they, with every move they make with Ezra Miller. Their finger is hovering over that eject seat button. Like yeah. any second, if he twitches wrong, boom, he's out. Yeah, I imagine it's just like best case scenario, right? Everything moves along swimmingly. They can make at least five more movies with um, with Barry Allen as mm-hmm. with Ezra Miller, right? And then, you know, yep. I'm sure there'll be more flashes in the future. Worst case scenario, like you said, bam, eject button. If, uh, if Ezra assaults one more person, right? They're just like, yeah. no, we're bringing in somebody else. We'll just recast you just like they did with uh, War Machine, you know? Yep, exactly. It's, at the end of the movie, somebody else walks out in a flash suit. Totally, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, he pretty much, uh, Jane also come Blue Beetle still exists and sounds like it will be its own thing, right? Kind of going forward as well. Um, didn't really delve into it too much. Kind of forgot it was going I mean, to theaters, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Blue Beetle was announced alongside of all of these other properties, so it sounds like Blue Beetle is going to very much exist in the DC, like you said, ladder up with um, mm-hmm. uh, Booster Gold at some point in time. So I'm excited for Blue Beetle. I, I want yeah. I want to see what happens. I the um, 
I wouldn't say I necessarily like the actor, but I'm kind of endeared to him from Cobra Kai. Yeah. Kind of just he's kind of, he plays like an annoying kind of teenager, a <laughs> well. Yeah. But in the last season of um, Cobra Kai, he's like he is hit he has hit a uh, puberty. Yeah. real hard he's like starting to get like buff like his traps are filling out it's like oh he's yeah. turning into like this like just in a couple years he'll be like taking his shirt off for like you know like a magic mic like reboot or something mm. like that right so yeah. look out for this kid he's, it, he's it, blowing up literally and figuratively well, maybe maybe his blue beetle workout carried over to to the show for yeah him. maybe uh aquaman 2 is still coming to theaters um the future is unknown but apparently they confirmed in a, in a interview afterwards that jason mo will not be playing two characters um going for it so he may not be lobo at all yeah it is kind of it is weird right because aquaman his movie was relatively successful somewhat unmarred from a lot of the dceu like Mm -hmm. just like trials and tribulations and that's what happens when you place a whole movie under the water right you don't have to worry about a lot of other things the director just was like what does Zack Snyder do? Oh, I don't like that. I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want in my movie. Like, yeah, you know, you mar- they can but, talk underwater. Don't care. We don't need air bubbles to talk down here. So yeah, but un- but unfortunately, we don't know what the quality of the sequel is gonna be like because we don't know what the hell's happening with with Mara. Mm-hmm. Like, how integral was she to the plot? How much have they removed her, replaced her? Recap. I don't even remember where we left off with the drama of uh, Amber Heard in this movie. So yeah, is is there, is there I, enough to jump back from here well, i think my understanding they were filming it while that was going on so they could easily remove her and replace those 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 things so i think if she's out it won't affect it too much but you know i, I i've got faith in you know the the team behind this you know if you take her out the rest of the, the movie's still gonna hold up right i believe in the actors and crew uh, there yeah, and i'm I'm curious if there's like a credo, if there's a rule kind of written on the walls at uh, DCU offices right now of like, what are they following as what is truth, right? Because if if Jason Momoa continued as Aquaman, right, like, well, what are we supposed to perceive, right? We have seen him play Aquaman alongside of different Batman, different Superman, you know, so, and we know those characters are getting recast. So I'm not saying audiences don't have flexibility and imagination, right? Yeah. But at some point in time, you, you, you do need to draw, like, lines here of, like, what is and isn't, and so. They, they say he won't play two versions, playing two characters. Well, what if he stops playing one and starts playing the other? He's only playing yeah, one I, character at that point. So, like... Was this like a waited for them to like not commit to it yet because contracts haven't been signed? But like, yeah, without that saying could that, be it we, too. we didn't lie. We, he, he's only playing one character at a time. Yeah, uh, only say exactly what we have to. And I, I think you, you bring up a, a good point earlier too. I think a lot of these decisions are going to come down to box office performance, right? Like, yeah. maybe they have um, goodwill intentions of like, oh yeah, let's continue this Aquaman series. Everything's going great. You know, yeah. the first movie made money. People liked it. And what if they planned out this whole timeline, right? And announced all of these Aquaman sequels, right? And the movie comes out and it's just a bomb, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody goes to see it. Nobody likes it. You know, we've seen plenty of uh, directors release sequels that, you know, kind of jump the shark, which is funny because it's an Aquaman movie. Oh, yeah, and then they're yeah. like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have announced all of these and, Aquaman ties. And they're also not going to say Jason Momoa is no longer playing Aquaman like 10 months before the movie comes out. They're going to be like, yeah, we're, we're, we're sticking to our guns to this movie. You know, literally our James guns to this movie before we give up on it. So like, yeah, they're obviously going to hype it up until it releases, right? Like he, yeah. James and, said the Flash is the best movie he's ever seen. I, I doubt that. 
I really doubt that. But like, <laughs> he's going to hype it up as much as he can before it comes out. Uh, yeah, and maybe a good comparison, right? Uh, when we saw the new Marvel slate rolled out, yeah. I mean, we didn't see a lot of hype for Eternals, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think we know that those characters are going to be returning in some fashion, right? But it's there was not a lot of fanfare there with uh, with plans of those characters. So, yeah, every studio does this. I, I'm pretty sure also... Um, Eternals was Marvel's most popular Disney Plus movie last year. Did you see that that article? It had the most mm. number of hours. I think it's like the it was the second or third, thirteenth most streamed film for the entire year last year on any um, service was Eternals. Can you believe that? Well, it's probably because nobody saw it in theaters, so well, they're like, true. oh, we'll it's, watch it's, it. it's way easier to digest almost a three-hour movie on a streaming service when you can pause and go to the bathroom. Um, but anyway, so yes, uh, and also Gal uh, Gadot is she's not out as Wonder Woman yet. Um, my guess is you know she's not been fired because she hasn't been hired, uh, but you know <laughs> she's still on the cast list, right? Like like hey, she's probably going to show up in Shazam. She's probably going to show up in the Flash. So they can't really say we're we, she's fired until those movies are out, right? Or like mm. maybe not fired. We're not continuing with her until her. All of her roles are on screen and, and it's now behind her along the way, right? Like, you know, Henry Cavill, they were like, uh, we didn't fire him because we didn't hire him, but, like, he's not coming in, in any of these other movies in 2023. I mm-hmm. think I think Wonder Woman will be in Shazam and uh, The Flash at some point. Um, at least if they're doing the reset. Like, hey, here's here, here oh, we're, we're flying past Wonder Woman as, as the timeline resets, and now she's gone kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. So... I, I, yeah, there's still legacy projects. We don't know how this is going to happen, but we will probably know more um, come back in one year <laughs> when they announce the next slate of movies, right, after 2023 is done, and we'll tell you tell you where these are. Uh, the other thing is, you know, mentioned here, the plans to have live-action voice actors across animated versions, uh, uh, across uh, the you know, shows, live-action movies, and video games, uh, and they're hoping to put out two movies and two shows a year. Do you now when they said two movies and two shows a year? Do you think they'll hit a twenty twenty four release at all for any of these projects, Mike? Is my my question for you? Yeah, I mean, I would think so. The 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 quickest things jo- and Joker, the most nimble thing. Joker two, sorry, is the only one, but I don't yeah. I don't count yeah. that. But yeah, yeah, probably from the the TV streaming side of things, that those are going to be the easiest lifts probably to get off the ground and moving. It seems like that Waller show mm-hmm. um, could uh, get moving pretty quickly. Uh, I I mean, I think the most interesting bit here, as we kind of like maybe uh, wrap up this new DCU synergy point, is that apparently video games are going to yeah. be involved and i think that's exciting i think it's going to be extremely difficult to pull yeah. off we kind of mentioned something similar last week when we talked about like kind of like this tomb raider connected universe at yeah. amazon with like the release and schedule of like video games being really difficult but marvel hasn't even been able to do that yet yeah. they haven't been able to put out a game that really leans into and, the mcu at all so if if dc can pull it off that's something that they can hold over yeah. marvel's head yeah and I, I guess the other thing is marvel i don't think they they don't want to as long as dc says all our games are not just dcu i think that's important right like there needs to be like this um suicide squad kills the justice league game right that that's not going to be in the movie that's that's based in the arkham universe there's a bunch of other things they can be doing with dc games that are not dcu related so if they're doing both types of games i think that's important because you know as we've talked the spider-man game um in in the spider-man movie spider movies are fantastic the spider-man game is also fantastic right like Mm -hmm. i'm glad they didn't try to do the movies in the spider-man game form and they can tell a story that fits that so 
I think to me it'd be interesting to see what characters they pick for games, and and what kind of I guess genre of game that is of that is, if if you will. Yeah, um, and so. they really have to do their best to isolate the story from like a timeline point of view because as we all know, we we I mean I just saw like a headline of the the new Star Wars game getting delayed. So, yeah, six weeks. Even, yeah. Yeah, even a little bit longer. They're just going to have to pick an isolated story that if theoretically this game gets delayed by like two plus years, right, yeah. which has happened, um, you know, it's yeah. not going to destroy the and, continuity. And I believe Warner Brothers has a video game studio, so this helps them a little bit, right, to mm-hmm. have an internal uh, studio tied to it. But at the same time, you know, I'm, what Warner Brothers game am I like excited to, to play? Other than Harry Potter, I'm excited to play Harry Potter. Uh, or I guess Hogwarts Legacy. We're not going to say Harry Potter, Hogwarts Legacy, but you know they they do need to to be to be careful with that. This is also where some of that that um, the the gaming industry was pushing back about you know acting like you know you're doing 300 lines and you're only using 20 of them, right? Like who who's doing that and and so on and so forth. So um, as we talked about, as long as everything is equal across the board and everything's is fair fair game, I think it'll be it'll be well received. So. Um, yeah, DCU. Oh, last two more bits of this. I, I put them separately, like before we get into this. So James Gunn and Peter mm-hmm. Safran did interviews, or I guess like a press conference after this video came out, right? Uh, and talked to people. And one of those is uh, the question about Superman and Lois. We've talked about this quite a bit. Where does mm-hmm. this CW show lie? Apparently, as James Gunn said, this is a show everybody likes and will keep going for a bit. So they are committing to at least two more years of this show after the current season. Um, for for a bit i love that little yeah. uh, nugget of information like it's nice that he acknowledges that it's a good show but i would imagine it wraps up maybe just before the superman that's, that's um, what i was saying like movie two, comes out the, the the third season is about to drop that gives them two years and two more seasons right to hell to five se- five seasons that's like that's great that's more than you can hope for now in today's tv landscape i mean if you can get five seasons out of anything that's that's a success uh i'm looking it up here i'm going back and look at the uh lois and clark show uh only had like four years so uh, four seasons so if they can get five out of this you know it's beating the, the the only superman show i remember watching you know when i was younger so Good, good for them. Then also the Penguin show it's at Matt Reeves Universe uh, is confirmed for an eight-episode series um, for the show and kind of talk about uh, the power vacuum after the death of Carmine Falcone in the, um, the that universe and how the Penguin, I guess Oswald Cobblepot, you know, fills that void a little bit with the with the crime syndicates there. So. Yeah, maybe maybe they get lucky with this show, and this is another reason why they should make that uh, Elseworlds uh, logo that they yeah. can throw in front of this content of, where since this this is more of like a show that's kind of just highlighting a character yeah. we've been introduced to. Uh, there's a chance that this could kind of be qualified as maybe like a mini series, right? We don't need a season two of the Penguin. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna give you a little bit more context, so the next time he shows up, maybe in like you know, Batman three, right. Or the yeah. Batman three. Yeah. And he's looking a little bit more menacing and penguin. Like we know how he got there, you know? Right. Absolutely. And, and I, yeah, I don't think he will be a main villain, but maybe like, you know, the next one could be another, again, it's filling the gap as these characters evolve, right. And become the ones that we know and, and are familiar with. So I don't think he's the villain of Batman two, but definitely like you said, down the road, the Batman three or, or whatever they call it. Uh, lastly, I threw this in here because I thought it was fun. We grew up, you know, of the of the same age. My King of the Hill was a huge show when we were growing up. It's like one of like Mike Judge's like longest running, most famous series, right? Of everything he did between Beavis and Butthead and Zadaria and what else did he do? Um, Silicon Valley. 
yeah, I guess yeah, Silicon Valley um, office mm-hmm. office space, right? He's done a lot of stuff, but um, they're doing another revival of King of the Hill at Hulu. Um, so they're bringing back the same voice cast and actors to to bring the show into the modern era, if you will. Uh, which was very familiar because I was like, didn't they do this with Futurama? Futurama was on um, it's Netflix, coming to Netflix as well. Uh, the revival. So like all these animated shows, like remember tuning on Sundays, Mike, when we were younger, and you got to watch you know, the Simpsons, King of the Hill, Futurama. They're all bringing them back. You know, oh yeah, Anim- stays dead forever. Animation domination. I mean, Simpsons never went anywhere. It's a it's a show that will continue till I would assume. I actually, I would have a couple years ago. I would say the Simpson would end when you know just any one of the most famous voice actors on the show, you know, yeah. like either retires or passes away, right? But now with like AI and uh-huh. you know artificial, you know, voice modulation. I mean, I don't know if a voice actor would ever sign off their voice rights to something like that, but. Theoretically, I mean, Chris, you shared with me this is no, this yeah. is the pivot, right? This is the yeah. pivot for the end of the show. You shared with me there is a Twitch channel out there that is uh, that is creating uh, Seinfeld content just out of thin air. Um, you, it's using it's using AI to generate new Seinfeld scripts, and then it's kind of using like procedurally like generated kind of like low grade graphics yeah, so to kind of animate like, the characters. Yeah, the what's that that. I guess the graphics, um, it's a, one of the AI, I guess, bots that, that you train it to do. So, so it's been trained on Seinfeld episodes. So it's literally generating the apartment, the outdoor buildings the whole time. And then yeah, there's the, the audio bot doing the voices and the music the whole time. It's yeah. The, 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 none of it makes any sense, right? It's just all kind of like garbled nonsense that kind of gets thrown at the screen and the jokes aren't really funny. Uh, but I guess the kind of excitement is the, the chat, yeah. right? The chat on Twitch, you know, freaks out whenever there's like a new location revealed uh-huh. or a new character walks in or they're, they're making memes out of kind of like the nonsense that they're saying. Yeah. And the, the animations are really funny because like they don't quite know how to like sit down in the scenes. They kind of yeah. just like their bodies just kind of angle and zero G and yeah. rotate onto you, the couch. It's really funny. Do you ever remember the Dire Straits song Money for Nothing music video? Money. Uh, I remember the song, but not the music you, video. Google the music video real fast and, and you'll look at this animation and, and like it's like very, very low grade computer animation for like the ni- 80s, right? Late 80s, early 90s. And I'm like, this reminds me exactly of what I'm watching be created by robots in front of me here. Um, oh, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> yeah, like the, it, yeah, kind of like the remember the, the TV show reboot, how everything didn't look quite right. Yeah, for everything, but like, uh, I was like, oh, this kind of looks like that. But like, it's because they they include the laugh tracks occasionally after the the AI supposedly makes a joke. They even cut away to Jerry telling stand up about you know, yeah. random stuff in this. It's and it just keeps going. It, it's 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 a perpetual creation of this stuff and it's wild to watch yeah they also cut to the um like the like establishing shots of like the building (laughs) outside which is funny i'm 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 pulling it up right now it's twitchtv.com slash watch me forever and it is still doing strong i mean like you would think that this would just be a flash in the pan kind of like internet meme uh but it's it has right now 
10,000 people watching this. Oh, yeah. Uh, the chat's it, uh, chat's freaking out, of I, course. I'm on the, the Seinfeld subreddit now. When I scroll through it, I like every every day there's something new from this, this show pop up <laughs> on there. People are clipping it and, and, and posting it because it's just – it's a show about nothing, and now we have an AI-generated show about nothing. And, and this is even <laughs> more nothing than, than Seinfeld was. But it's funny to hear, like, the MIDI created, like, I guess music for, like, the establishing shots. It's like, bow, 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 bow. And you're like, okay, it's close enough. Like, I get what they're going for here. Uh, do you remember when they used to, quote, quote, Swede movie trailers when they came out? Like, oh. The low-cost movie trailer things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Swede it. I think that's kind yeah. of what they... Yeah. yeah there was, like, a whole movie about it. I think, um... Yeah. Who was in it? I forgot who was in it, but I, I watched it. But it, this feels like that now. You can just do it with with, mm-hmm. with, with, uh, with chat GPT, but... Anyway, I will, yeah. I will link that in here because it is wild to, to, to see that kind of stuff kind of going on. But The wild world of uh, animation and AI uh, clashes, that's for sure. A- AI is, is, is taking over all of our Chinese air balloons <laughs> flying over the world. All right, Mike, well, that's the episode for this week. We got it done. Next week is the Super Bowl. We used to do two episodes for the Super Bowl. I don't I – don't, reason well to, it's different but, you're you're hosting a whole super bowl party yeah. this year so yeah. uh stay tuned we'll definitely be talking about the fanfare that surrounds this big game and mm-hmm. all the trailers that are going to be floating around but as the way things are going hell all of these trailers might be online all week this week right yeah. um big yeah. game spot but released on a wednesday right yeah. like yeah. five days before the game so mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff really isn't exclusive as we thought it was anymore. No. But yeah, stay tuned. We'll um we'll be okay. around here next week. So if people want to see your Super Bowl snacks, your spread for this big game, Mike, where can they see that at? Oh, Chris, if people want to see me spread, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris People want to catch up with you. Mm-hmm. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Valdan87, or Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, while I'm still over there. Still didn't get much much progression on this Mastodon thing. Really, really confused. Um, <laughs> or they can come back and listen to the show. Every week, if people know about this show, Super Slate, uh, what we're doing, we'll be reviewing it. Man, soon we'll be talking about Super Bowl next week. We're going to get all that good stuff at. Oh, as always, if you want to see our playoff games... We host them at superheroslate.com. That is the big uh, arena where you can get tickets to watch our big game. I'm running out of analogies here for big games. Right. Superheroslate.com. We don't charge you for parking in our giant parking lot. Right. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to. Find podcasts like ours. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get merch at Superhero Slate dot com slash store we love hearing from you we love it when you reached out uh super fan of the show jim reached out to me said that he was most uh looking forward to uh the this superman and i said he's biased i said (laughs) no really so uh, jim i hope you hear this because i'm gonna tell it to you with my voice instead of just text this time yeah, so uh, we love it when fans reach out. Let us know what you're hyped for, what you're excited for. We love recommendations for Super Bowl snacks, right? So if you got anything uh, niche that maybe most people don't know about, we'd love to hear about that. But uh, if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe!